Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. I've learned through experience that when somebody comes to me or when I hear myself create this crazy either or scenario, either I stay stuck in this miserable thing or I have to do something that could potentially blow up my life. Mm-hmm. I know it's false. I know why it's created because it gives me an excuse not to do anything. Uh-huh. Like the brain loves it. The, the, the fearful brain is like, yeah, we're cool. We're stuck. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to go into this uncertainty. We don't have to do any effort. But when we start to tap at it and look, is it really true? Is it really true that it has to be this gigantic either or scenario? And a lot of times it's not. It's usually a much more mundane process. And then it, it starts to reveal, oh, there's another possibility here. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do you feel like everything's going to fall apart if you don't bust your ass every day? Do you expect work and family to be the only things that nourish you? And are you waiting for life to be different before you're allowed to live the way you really want to live? Today's coaching call focuses on a guy who's made some big changes through major weight loss and therapy. That said, he still calls himself a workaholic without a life beyond the office and home. In this conversation, we challenge the mindset that keeps him stuck in the grind so that he can free up his time and live more purposefully. What you're about to hear is an actual coaching call. The person being coached volunteered and gave explicit permission to have our conversation recorded for this podcast. What feels like something that we could talk about? You're you're doing this work, you're healing yourself in these areas, which is fantastic. You're reclaiming your energy and your focus from things that were seemingly a waste. And what feels like it's next for you now that you're in this place? I I feel like I want to... Um, have some purpose in life. Um, I feel like I've I've been traveling through life with everyone else in mind, um, both you know my my family and work. Um, I've kind of lost a little bit of my identity, so I'm I'm trying to claim some of that back again. My kids are grown up, and they don't need me as much. And um, so I, you know, you spend all those years raising kids, and they're your priority. And, um, so now I kind of like, I want to reclaim 
some of me. I want to find out what makes me happy, you know, um, what gives me energy in life. And uh, so I've, I've read your book and, yeah, this is where I'm at, just trying to get some ideas and some advice and some that will help me, you know, yeah. continue the journey and keep improving. Well, I, I appreciate where you are. And I like that you want to make a turn because I think if we're unconscious and we've grown used to playing that provider role or that helper role, we'll look for ways to perpetuate it. Like we'll continue to be, try to be in our kids' lives or we're being, we'll kind of insert ourselves into people's lives in order to help them. And they're like, they don't want our help. They don't want that providing. And um, so I love that you're willing to get curious about yourself and recognize there's a, there's another phase for you. There's a next phase for you. And it can be more aligned with who you are and, and not just who you are when you're providing or helping others. Mm-hmm. And you're also at a developmental stage in our lives. We don't just stop developing when we're little kids, um, but we got a, you're at a developmental stage, which is starting to think about what you are here to really give, mm-hmm. what you are here to really, and eventually leave behind as, as your mortality becomes more into focus. And it, you're, you're moving, you're tracking in that direction. And so I bring that up because a lot of times that may be where we find more sense of meaning and more sense of purpose. What am I here to give? What am I here to leave behind? Um, and those can be places for us to start the conversation there. So mm-hmm. I'm curious though, for you, where, what does have you feel, if we just start with a sense of aliveness, the things that have you feel more alive or more like, yes, I, I'm here. I'm really here. I can feel myself here. We live close to the Rockies, so we get out to um, some of the lakes and up to the mountains, and you know that's probably for me personally that's the, the, probably the first time I've really felt alive. You're out in nature, you get to breathe the fresh air. You're gone from technology, you're gone from the hustle of everyday life. I'm away from all the pressure, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that that's really, and that's only been over a couple of months because I, I kind of knew I had to find some kind of a hobby. I had to find something like I don't have, I don't have a lot of male friends. Like I work with a lot of people. Um, and yeah, you could, have, they're obviously friends or associates of sorts, but I don't have a tight group of male friends, guys that I hang out with or mm-hmm. associate with or go to clubs or anything like that. So um, like I say, it's just been, it's just been the grind at work, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours a day. And then, home um but yeah the being outside and um getting back to walking and stuff so uh, i feel that that's at the minute that's what's given me some you know zest for life just being able to be in nature if we think about peace of mind for a minute i think for a lot of us we're kind of we depend on work and family to bring us all of the nourishment or the nutrition. Like if you think about food, right? It's like, we only eat mm-hmm. two meals and, and it's like work and family. And what we're describing here are all the different ways that we get nourishment. And a lot of us, we get it. We're trying to get it through screens. We're trying to get it through family. We're trying to get it through work and we're doubling down on those things. Maybe if I just do those things more instead yeah. of spreading it out and recognizing there's a nourishment that I can only get from being with other men. There's a nourishment I can only get by being in the wild. And I'm not just talking outdoors. Like most people just go to the park. I'm talking about yeah. being in the wild. Yeah. 
that quiet that happens out there that, that, that if you can just be so still and suddenly animals will walk by you without seeing you. Like there's a place where we just really slow down and get in tune with the wild in that place. It's a beautiful place to be and it's a nourishing place to be. Mm-hmm. So if we start to just kind of assess your life in 360 degrees and start to realize, wait a second, where, where could I use more of this nourishment? Where am I cutting myself off from that? Or where could I allow more of that? It starts to, starts to add up. And then we will feel more on purpose because that peace of mind will, will start to emerge. We allow it. It's not something we force. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're absolutely right. Without a strong community of men, we do miss this. And I can speak to my experience. This is how I got on this path was being in men's groups mm-hmm. and having strong male friends in my twenties. I had a lot of, I had a lot of guy friends. I was in bands and you know, that was, we just had a beautiful time. And then fast forward, I'm in a family with two women and <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky to have great conversations with men like you all week long, but it uh-huh. takes work to develop that community and it's not the same. So it's really challenging as we get older and we have family and work to, to maintain these communities or build them. Yeah. Okay. It, where does purpose fit into this for you? If we're talking about aliveness, do you have a sense of what, where purpose fits in? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably my, my, the biggest thing I've been <clears throat> seeking is, is the purpose because my, my family have always been my purpose. That's why I show up. That's why I go to work. You know, it's always been about them. And obviously with the kids growing up and leaving and then, um, my wife, her career is, is exploding and she's doing really well. Um, and then, and then even at work, you know, I, I think I've accomplished a, a lot in, in my career. Um, you know, I do feel that I, I could be further along in life generally, financially, um, don't where I'm at right now, but, um, you know, I, I feel like I've done as much as I can for the business and stuff. It's like, it, it's, I feel like I'm just showing up every day, but there's no, just don't feel that sense of purpose. Like what, what am I actually doing it for? So, um, I guess that's what I've been uh, looking for. You know, I, I have, a an interest in, in the brain and mental health. And I see how that, I, I know how personally it's affected me, you know, in, in relation to suicide and, um, you know, just not being yourself. Mm. So that, I kind of have this burning sensation inside that, you know, that may be a path, a direction for my purpose to, you know, be able to help others. You know, I know how it's helped me. So, so maybe continuing on that, that will give me some sense of purpose. You know, if I, if I was able to help, you know, someone else in the same situation that I was in, that, that gives me the feeling inside that, yeah, I've, you know, I'm here, I've done something in my life to help others, you know. We are wired to be contributors. We're wired to contribute to our community. Um, if we don't contribute, we, we don't feel at peace. We don't feel like we're, we're part of the community. So contributing to our community or contributing to others to a certain degree is where we feel like we get to belong. Mm-hmm. And belonging is this core need that we have. And so if, 
And some of us, their orientation to the community is to just take. I'm here to take what I can from the community and they feel empty inside, right? So it's this, where am I giving back and where am I actually making an impact? Not just writing a check to some foundation at the end of the year to get a tax break, mm-hmm. but where am I actually making an impact? And so intuitively, it sounds like you're on track here. The other part is when you've been through something and you've experienced something or had experiences with something, you know how meaningful and important it is to be impacted there. It's not Mm -hmm. an abstract concept. And so again, you're right on track with what's right underneath your nose is this has been, you know, X has been really important to me in my lifetime, dealing with my mental health, healing that. I know how important it is for others. I know how impactful that can be for others. So I think your intuition's on track again it still sounds like you're not quite sure. Um, And so my question for you is, what do you think would be different if you quote knew your purpose? How would life be different for you? I I just think I'd feel um, more content with myself, you know, and to, to give to some, give back to someone else, like years of giving to my family, years of giving to my employer, you know, um, I think I would feel you know, um, better be given to others. And yeah, I just feel like it would give me my, I'd feel more purpose and more uh, sense in that. So there's this, I get that there's a sense that something's missing. Yeah. And that contributing to others in some way, that would be what would, that would, it checks a box called purpose, but that would have it, have you feel like you're not missing something. Yeah. I want to be really careful about the words that we use here because I want you to start to understand what itch you're trying to scratch. Mm-hmm. If we don't really understand the itch, it's like, well, well, more money than it. I'll just go make more money or I'll go be more important or I'll go do X or Y or Z. So I want to help you really start to get curious. Where is this itch? What is missing or what feels like it's out of alignment for me so that I can correct that? Mm-hmm. And you keep coming back to giving and, and contributing. That's my word. Yeah. Okay. Does that fit? Or we, what else would you add to that? Yeah, no, I, I think that fits. I think it's just the curiosity of it. I, I haven't been in this place before. So it just feels like a, a, a new chapter. And you're right, I don't, I'm not fully committed to something yet because it's like I'm still in this part of this old mindset, you know, um, of the daily grind. Time is a big thing. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time for me during the day. I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself um to to set more boundaries with work mm-hmm. uh, and my relationships so I can have time because I feel that if I get that time, you know, um to have more clarity, then this uh, sense of purpose and figuring it all out will become a little bit more clear. Okay. But I need to do that. I, I need to intentionally set that precedence. Otherwise um It'll just keep going the way it has been for years. And it's just workaholic, you know, 4.30, you're up, you're up the grind, you know, you're not getting home to six o'clock and then it's, it's supper with the kids. Um, um, by that time, it's, you, you've very little time, you know, I've been dabbling in meditation and, and exercise and stuff because I feel that if I can, if I feel good about me, then I'll feel good about helping um, doing more for others, but I got to love myself. And that's always been a, um, something that I've struggled with. So I'm just trying to 
put those old demons to rest. Um, and then I think that the clouds are still there, but they're not as dark as they were before. So okay. I think once everything kind of clears and I get a better view, that I think that the direction I want to go will, will seem a lot easier. Okay, that's one, that's one way to look at it. So we've got two things here. I hear this, I want my purpose, I want to have a sense of purpose, and I'm unclear about what that is, but it lives in the neighborhood of impacting others and giving and, and doing some kind of contribution there. And it might even be specific to the area of related to mental health and mental well-being, mm-hmm. right? right. Yeah. And then there's this other thread, which is, but I'm a workaholic, I'm always grinding, I don't have the time. And there's, you've, 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 as you talk about work, it's, I don't hear it as, oh my gosh, the bank is coming after me and the mob is coming after me because I've got gambling debts and all these kind of things. It's as if it's a, the workaholism, as you call it, is it an extension of some kind of demon. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why, what, tell me about this demon. What, what has you working so much? Um, it's all kind of linked to the intergenerational trauma that I've been going through growing up with the idea that, you know, you never have enough. This is the way it's supposed to be. You, you, you grow up, you get, you leave school, you get married and you just work till you retire. Uh-huh. So it's kind of, it's, it's always been in my life. I, I guess we're all, we're all that way when it comes to, to money. We, we always think, you know, got another 10,000 in the bank, another, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever number, then I'll feel happy. I'll feel like I'm, I'm, I can do this thing. I feel like I can take time off. I can go on vacation. I can go and help others. But um, it, it's always been something that's lived in my mind. So I haven't been able to get out of it. So I haven't. But just lately, because of the therapy, I've been able to approach it a little bit different, kind of have a different mindset. You know, like, yes, you may not be a millionaire. You may not have all this money in the bank. But you hear all these stories about people who, are wealthy, but they don't feel, you know, they don't feel that. And it's just a number in a bank account that doesn't help them. And it's like, you know, all these years thinking, oh, if I grind more and earn more, you know, get a place for, you know, what I don't even know what the magic number is, but it's like I feel um, that I've done enough and now I can um, release myself to go and have fun or, or do whatever I need to do. And it's just a, it's mainly a mindset that I've grown up with. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm starting to see uh, some movement in that. Um, But again, it'll take a little bit of time. You can't just flip a switch and the stuff uh, change overnight. What's your strategy for this? Is it, uh, I'll go to a therapist and, and heal through a therapist. And then once the clouds part, then I'm then I'll be allowed to go and explore the territory. Tell me a little bit about how you're currently approaching this. I'm I'm forcing myself to create new habits, mm-hmm. to put more boundaries in place. The therapy is just a tool. A lot of the work I need to do myself, but I gotta you know through reading and, and podcasts and and doing the work myself. I mean, I, I don't, it's just the same as having this conversation with you. I'm not expecting you to solve my problems. It's just having another voice. Like I say, not having that, um, not having that 
connection with other guys and people that you can have conversations with. I tend to be a very quiet, reserved person, so I keep everything to myself. You can't fix things if you don't have other people kind of, you know, giving you other ideas and and speaking into your life. So you you put everything aside and you, you just keep going. So intentionally making the time for myself, intentionally making me giving myself the the freedom to to do my meditation, to exercise, to go out and have fun and, and not rely on you or a therapist or anybody else to do that for me. But it's being self-aware and I'm, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. What do you think you'd be doing differently with regards to this purposeful stuff? And this is, an, this is uh, just a mental experiment. But if you mentally, like, I've checked the box, I'm healed now. Mm-hmm. What do you think your actions would be if you were, quote, healed? What would, you, what would be different about your day? Oh, just about my day in general. Mm-hmm. Um, or about, but how your day orients, around, orients towards where you feel more purposeful. I think I feel like I would have the ability to see others in a different light try and connect more with other people, not from a place of trying to intentionally, you know, solve their problems, but just to be there, be, to be a, um, some, to be there to listen, get personal again, go have coffee with uh, friends or neighbors or whoever, and, and really connect and have meaningful conversation and, and listen and be, and be there for, for others. Okay. And so if we come back to this, a mental exercise that you've checked the box that says you're healed. I want to, I want to actually get more descriptive about how your day would be different. Would you still be getting up at four 30 to go to work? No, 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 no I've made that. And that's, that's one thing for sure. I've kind of made that. Um, that's one of my goals is to, to not do that. I would probably be get up early. Um, not just as early. I obviously like a little bit more uh, sleep, but I would probably get up and first thing I would do would be outside, go for a walk early morning, get the early morning sun, that fresh air, you know. Um, maybe even find a quiet spot outside just to, to spend five, ten minutes have fun with my meditation. And then um, and then I would be home on coffee and breakfast with the family. And then... You know, then I would start my day, go to work. Mm-hmm. And then tell me how work might be different if you were healed and not needing to grind, as you say. I, f- I believe I'd feel a lot happier. Uh, I believe that we... Um, well, I wanna, before you get to feel, I like, I like that you went there, but before you get to feel, what, what might you do differently? I want to help you identify the choices that are rooted in this grinding what would I do different? Is there anything you do differently at work or how you might approach it differently? For some people, it's uh, they put way too many meetings on the counter because they're so afraid to miss out or say no, or they, you know, there's just things like that where they're just, they're trying to carry six gallons in a five gallon bucket. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So um, delegate, I need to find my strengths, what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing about my work. And I got to delegate that. I got to stop being thinking that I have I can be the only one that has to do everything. Bring up others in the company and, and give them a little bit more responsibility. Delegate some of the work that I don't enjoy doing. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not sitting at my desk doing mundane stuff all day that just needs to get done because I don't trust anyone else to do it. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. And then let's talk about, is there anything else about work that you change? I love that. I delegate things that really just don't align with my strengths. That's beautiful. Yeah, anything I, because else? I, I feel like I do, you know, I'm, I'm involved in so many areas of the business. But I find that, I find my days being extremely busy. But sometimes I come home and think, well, I haven't accomplished anything today. Mm. You know, there's so many, I get the, the knock at the door and, you know, this, the, other people coming and going and asking questions. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. And uh, again, that probably comes back to a boundary thing um, where I need to enforce a little bit more boundaries around my time and what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I've worked on um, on various small things to help like I, I turn notifications off i try to limit my time on email um so that i can be more productive if i was in a really good spot i feel i could be more productive and spend less time at work okay yeah those are the types of things that would really benefit for sure and i would notice a big change if i was able to do that okay here's what i'm taking away so far when I live my life from a place of I'm not okay, things aren't okay, whether it's from intergenerational trauma or whatever, but that's essentially where I'm starting my day. Start, I wake up and I'm not okay. Then my choices align with that. I'm in survival mode. So I'm going to work too much. I'm not going to delegate. I'm not going to take time for myself to go out and be watch the sun come up, all, everything that you named here. You, okay? Yeah. It's in this survival mode. Cortisol levels are up. I, I'm in danger, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we got to run. And it becomes a habit. And we can fool ourselves into thinking that one day we'll be okay. And then I can get around to stuff. But I want to throw out another way of looking at this. And it's similar to moving out onto, let's say, a frozen lake. And that we ease ourselves out there step by step. Mm-hmm. And we learn through experience that we're okay. We learn as we go out there more and more that we can take more steps and we can trust and verify as we go out. So there's no more standing on the shore mm-hmm. talking about it. That's a good step. That's an important step. It keeps us, you know, we're not in complete autopilot. But now we're edging out onto the lake. And it is a little dangerous. It's edgy out there. But bit by bit, it's not, you're not pounding away at the ice, but it's little by little you're going. And so Mm -hmm. I want to throw this out there because (laughs) we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're really going to feel ready one day. We're really going to feel all okay And I want to throw out that we learn, we learn through experience that we're okay. Mm -hmm. You have young, you have kids, you had kids and I have a kid. I remember my daughter learning to jump into the pool, terrified, not going to be okay. Wanted to explain to me in her way that she was going to die if she went into the pool. (laughs) Of course, I know she's not going to die if she goes into the pool. She learned through experience. She was okay. And then quickly was more than okay. She was actually playing. Mm Mm-hmm. What if, what if you're at a similar stage of your life right now? 
it seems like it will not be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we blow off our responsibilities at all. Not at all. But this idea that we're not okay and we have to wait until the coast is clear before we really start could be a way that our, our clever brains keep us exactly where we are, where we're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so if we were working together, it would be laying out these, these steps. Well, I would do this and I would do this and I would do this. And your brain already kind of knows what it wants to explore if it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then we just go do it inch by inch, foot by foot out onto the lake and learn. Ooh, that spot's a little soft. Okay. Let's not go into that one. Let's find another one, but we keep going. And what happens to our nervous systems, we don't have to tell ourselves we're okay. We don't have to wake up and convince ourselves. We just know it. We feel it. We can feel it underneath our feet. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's finding a way to take those first steps and, and just and keep going and not look back. And then feeling, you know, every little step's giving you more confidence to do that. Do you need to force that? Or is there a way to, I don't know, how do you tell the brain to start? <laughs> Sometimes I feel it just needs to be forced. It's like, just get up and, and do it and then tell your, yourself, like, this is, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's finding little experiments. So the, the amount of risk involved is not that much. All right, right. I'm going to delegate this task. I'm not going to delegate all of these tasks. I'm going to delegate this task and let's see if everything blows up. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't quite go right, you'll learn something. Oh, I need to delegate a little clearer. You know what? I'm going to learn about how to delegate a little better or whatever. And then tomorrow I'm going to delegate again. Yeah. And now I'm developing this skill of delegating. And then delegating doesn't become a big deal anymore. It's not even something you're really thinking about. And the next thing is like, I'm coming into work at a different time. Let's, let's, let's back it up an hour and let's see if things blow up. Nobody yeah. noticed even. I come back, I come back a little later, you know what I mean? And you're just slowly yeah. going at it and your nervous system will feel at its edge. And I think that's the thing for you to, I love that you've got this sensitivity in your body because you can feel it when it's like way out over your edge and the whole thing just wants to shut down and run. And then there's also like challenges that just aren't challenges. They're just boring and they're in your comfort mm-hmm. zone. So we would just want to find that little bit of an edge. And what happens here? when we're, we're creating a little experiments and going at our edge, we find aliveness because we're not quite sure what's going to happen. We're not mm-hmm. quite sure. And it's exciting just a little bit. And so our day, can, we can just slowly start to add those little experiments. And there's a little like, oh, let's see what happens. And most of the time it's, oh yeah, no problem, dude. Yeah, yeah. we're fine. And then like, oh, well. And you feel this openness, you feel this spaciousness starting to occur. And the body starts to learn, hey, we're still alive. Everything's just fine. In fact, I feel better. But yeah. this can't be talked through. You understand? Yeah. And that's where I feel it's just, I got to, knowing and understanding some of those small, some of those techniques, like, but just, you know, I can visualize that right now. You want to think, well, okay. I have I have this mindset that you know if I'm not there, the wheels are going to fall off. You know, <laughs> everybody's going to be standing around in the morning like not knowing what to do because I'm not there. But I, and like even saying that, like just being able to empower them 
delegate some of the stuff to them and just as you say small but it's like i keep feeling that it's just taking a if i was that delegation component is just giving them a big chunk of what i do and then they're just going to be overwhelmed and it's just going to be a mess whereas um your idea of just giving it in small chunks like okay let's try this today you know come in tomorrow did that all work out did it not and then bit by bit being able to release that you do it with discipline, right? I think when I've seen people do this before, they kind of do the dump thing. They just kind of dump everything and yeah. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a shit show. It's unskillful and people aren't prepared. It's not co-created. Whereas you could plan this out. Okay, the, the rough plan is over the next six weeks, I'm going to delegate these six tasks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a plan and which, okay, I'm going to learn how to do this and we're going to see what happens. Then we delegate the next one. And if you're working with a coach, you're working with somebody, you're having conversations. Okay, what are you learning? What can you integrate from that? What can you learn mm-hmm. to do better? What's happening next week? The tendency is to go back to what you've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. And you need. And what we need is a structure that disrupts that pattern. You're not allowed to go back to on autopilot. And so this is where the coaching process for many is a creative process. It's, it's keeping you focused on the next thing to create, but it's like, what are you doing in the world? Not just talking about it, not just having cool conversations, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm doing week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And we don't expect it. And we're not expecting everything to go right. We're expecting things to go sideways because those are learning opportunities and they're places for us to get better at things. Yeah. But even what you just said here, waking up early, getting outside, breakfast with family, delegating work based on strength, just starting there, that's the next three months. Like that could be a really fun three months. Yeah, I just, I, I got to just tell myself that that's, it's not bad. Just give myself that um, little bit of freedom to do that. You know, even in, in, in this conversation, I can, I can already feel that if I've been able to do that over the next few months, that every Every small task that I delegate to someone else, every 10 minutes of work that someone else is doing for me is, is buying myself the freedom that I'm seeking. So it is, it's like, okay, now I can really see, like say, if it's three months down the road, okay, I'm no longer do I need to be in, in the office at 6 a.m. You know, maybe it changed, maybe it's 7 a.m. You know, mm-hmm. and I've got that extra hour in the morning to, do my meditation, my, my exercise, or just, you know, just sit and read and enjoy some of me time, yeah. you know, rather than just, uh, it's been this thought it's like, well, I have to give someone all of this, all of this big chunk of work. And like, and then I'm going to sit there and stress and worry because I'm going to come into, into the office and it's just going to be a, a mess. And I'm going to spend more time cleaning up the mess than I am if I had did the job right. the, the first time myself. So I do like that idea of just, you know, small bite-sized chunks, like give it away in, in little bits and just think of it as, as here's 10 minutes. I'm giving away 10 minutes, I'm giving away another 10 minutes rather than, you know, I'm giving away three hours of my day and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to spend six hours recovering from that. So yeah. that's really, that's really helpful. You already know how to do this, right? You talked about the changes you've made physically, losing the weight, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't all happen at once. It was through no, little choices. That's true. Yeah. And you didn't have to wait until the coast was clear and everything was fine to do it. Mm-hmm. The component we would want to watch out for, it may come up, it may not, but it's uh, what's called the competing commitment. 
There's a reason why you've had this pattern for so many years. There's something you get from it. Whether it's feeling important, feeling in control, I don't know. Maybe you've worked this out with your therapist, but there's a part of you that's like, it's more important for me to feel like I'm this needed and I'm this important at the job mm. or whatever it is. That when you start to shift the system, so to speak, that part's going to get freaked out. That part mm-hmm. may bark, wait a second. I need, who am I if I'm not the guy that everybody depends on? Or I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm spitballing that, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing when people are losing weight. They, everybody kind of already knows what to do to lose weight. It's the competing commitment of like, well, you're taking away the, the one part of my day I really enjoy, which is being able to eat mm-hmm. or being able to sit in front of the TV and, and comfort myself at the end of the day, right? I don't want to give that up. And so they hold on to that. So it's not the, mm-hmm. the how that gets in the way or the strategies that really get in the way. It's, it's this, you're taking something away from me. And so you'd want to watch out for that and anticipate it and keep an eye out for it and learn to work with it. Mm-hmm. When I work with people, I, I say, we're going to anticipate that this is going to show up. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I can, I, I can sense that that probably would be my case that it would show up. So I think in, in listening to you, it's like, um, if you're taking something away, you need to find something else to, to trickle in to fill the void so that your mind, you know, so you don't think, okay, now there's nothing. Like I've given, I've delegated all of this stuff away. No longer am I, do I feel like I'm needed. But if I can, if I can find something that will fill that void mm-hmm. as, as I'm, as I'm giving away some of my responsibilities, that I can find other things to fill that, but in a, in a slower form that maybe the mind doesn't do something crazy and throw me back into that uh, old pattern. And it could be rooted in that I'm not okay thing. This is what I do to feel okay. And if you take these things away from me, I might really feel like I'm not okay. But that's how we prove to ourselves over time. And that, that's what I mean. Sometimes it doesn't come up because the system is calming down. Oh, we're mm-hmm. okay. I don't need to have to have all this control over everything. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it comes up, sometimes it doesn't. That's the point. But it's, it's, it's always kind of pointing back to what do I need to be okay? And if you take that thing away, you can expect a rebellion. Yeah. But if you're proving to yourself you're okay and you're learning step-by-step step you're okay, a lot of times the system just calms down and you really don't need those coping things. Yeah. To me, that's, that's how we know we're in alignment. It doesn't feel like forcing. The system mm-hmm. relaxes. It's like, oh, yes. It's challenging, yes. But the system relaxes like, oh, okay, cool. We're okay. Yeah, We're fine. I, I don't find myself reaching for the bag of potato chips or the work or the distractions or whatever. It's like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, actually, I don't need to. It doesn't even occur to me. Yeah, that would be good. So I point this out because... I know that a lot of us can get stuck in this first stage of educating ourselves and, and learning about our mind and learning about our wounds and we can stay stuck there. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would offer that it's kind of a yin yang approach that there's also the action and we can heal through our action. We can transform through our actions and that that might be the next possibility for you is to start to chip away at some of these things, to make a list of the things that you would do if you were already okay and you were already in this place where it was allowed and just start to chip away at it with mm-hmm. diligence, with discipline, with consistency. And then 
have people to help you work through that, to keep you accountable, keep you on track and not let you fall back into your sleeping patterns. Yeah, that makes sense. What would be possible for you if that became a part of your life where you were chipping away at the patterns rooted in, I'm not okay and I need to be doing all of these other things that fill up my time instead of doing what feels more purposeful? <laughs> I get the sense of, I feel like just a completely different person. I've, I've done everything up to now. I got to look at what are the next 20, 30, 40, whatever years left and being able to in, in, enjoy that. So to do this, to give myself more freedom, I'm not changing myself totally, but I'm doing enough to, I'm going to be happy to um, continue into my latter years feeling uh, more content, good about myself. There's a, there's a, there's an element of regret that this didn't happen sooner. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of kicked myself a little bit about that, that I didn't start reading sooner, didn't start listening to podcasts sooner, didn't start um, delving into this stuff sooner. What I want for you, this doesn't have to be any, this is not a prescription, but what I want for you is for you to identify what, you would be doing with your life in this more okay place where there's no mm-hmm. more waiting. There's no more waiting to get over the workahol, workaholic thing. To identify those actions that would really feel more in alignment with who you are and then to be chipping away at them regularly. And mm-hmm. bit by bit, day by day, week by week, where you can see, I am that man. I'm not waiting around. If I've, if I've waited all these years to get to this point, okay, so what? I can't change that, but I'm not waiting around anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be all one fell swoop, but I am chipping away out of that. And I'm not waiting for permission from my nervous system because it's always going to find danger. It's always going to find threats. It's always going to convince us we're in danger. So mm-hmm. we have to prove to ourselves we're okay and we learn through experience. But that's yeah. what I want for you. I want to. I would love to follow up with you and hear that you're implementing those things through this consistency. You already know how to do a lot of this, and now it's just okay. Then your day gets to look at that because I want you your head hitting the pillow at night, really with that deep satisfaction. I'm, I'm yeah. not waiting to live my life in alignment with any these deeper yeah. values anymore. No, that's uh, that's exactly how I want it to. I want to feel. And I, again, it's just being able to identify that that notion of, of whether. It, it all changes at once or it changes in, in small components. Like I understand the concept behind, like I say, even with the weight loss, it's just small changes, small changes, same with the exercise, everything's small. But I guess I've, I've had this notion that, okay, whether my expectation from therapy was that, yeah, you know, I'll do this and then that overnight everything's going to change, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, oh. and it's the same changing those, changing your your ideas of yourself and of what you do um, and, and the patterns that you've built up over the years isn't something you can just do overnight. And I, I hadn't, I'd never thought of it as breaking it up into small chunks and doing it bit by bit. And I thought, well, I have to do something. I'd have to do something crazy just to make that change all at once. And then overnight you become a different person. And it's not like that. And I, I through this, you know, this, this has been really good because it's, it's given me a little bit more clarity in that. And it's, it's easier to do. I've learned through experience that when somebody comes to me or when I hear myself create this 
crazy either or scenario. Either I stay stuck in this miserable thing or I have to do something that could potentially blow up my life. Mm-hmm. I know it's false. And I know it's, I know why it's created because it gives me an excuse not to do anything. Uh-huh. Like the brain loves it. The, the, the fearful brain is like, yeah, we're cool. We're stuck. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to go into this uncertainty. We don't have to do any effort. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but when we start to tap at it and look, is it really true? Is it really true that it has to be this gigantic either or scenario? And a lot of times it's not. It's usually a much more mundane, you know, process. And, and then it, it starts to reveal, oh, there's another possibility here. And I love mm-hmm. that you're naming that. What would you, what would be the first thing you do to get started? Uh, the first thing I would do is, 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 uh, will be work related. You know, my, my brain's already ticking. It's like, what about my job makes me feel happy? What I enjoy doing and separate that from the stuff that I don't enjoy doing. And then it's like, okay, so who in the team can help? Where can I start moving a little few things here and there to, to make those small changes that are needed? And, um, just just start small. And I think if I can do that, and like I say, I like the feeling of being able to just giving away 10 minutes a day here and there. It's like, okay, that's, I can, I can live with that. You can, you can manage this. So if you can take this on as 10 minutes of my day, and I'm just going to start like, say like a mental bank account, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, just add that up. And I was like, okay, so I'm maybe looking forward to the next, you know, what's three months like? What does it look like by Christmas time? You know, how much of that 10 minutes have I accumulated in my mental bank account that it's like I, I feel more at ease? I, yeah, I don't have to show up at work at 6 a.m. anymore. I don't have to be there, you know, uh, 10 hours a day. And I don't want to waste those. Those 10 minutes are, are going to be vital because they're going to be the things that I find something else to spend those 10 minutes on that, that give me like add towards that sense of purpose and fulfillment, then I know doing something that's working. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'd love to get an update. I want to hear, I want to hear how things are going in three weeks. Would you, I want to give you enough oh, yeah. space. Cause I, I, I think you'll have some real progress and yeah. just even in three weeks, would you be open to that? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. You're on it. You got this. It's really just going to be staying on it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You just, you jumped right in and you're you're nailing it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Appreciate the call, man. It's been great. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.